Wolfback, you know who it is, your boy the wolf of rotostreetjournal.com here with another episode of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, Repave Your Path to 2019 titles. Here with another fantastic beat interview. You know we're turning these out left and right these days, and who better to have on than old-time guest RJ Ochoa. And I was kind of scanning through the internet trying to figure out what the hell is Kellen Moore going to bring to the Dallas Cowboys this year, and who do I stumble upon other than RJ Ochoa of the Blogging Boys with an unbelievable piece breaking down what Dan Orlowski, a former teammate of Kellen Moore and a fantastic film guru on Twitter, former NFL quarterback himself, thinks Kellen Moore is going to be bringing. And obviously Ochoa goes in-depth with us. you got to check out that article, though, on bloggingtheboys.com. Even better, a couple quick highlights that summarize what Orlowski is expecting before we get into that interview with Ochoa. He said, quote, I think it's going to be an offense that is like Sean Payton, married with Matt Nagy, married with Mike Leach. Like, they all had a baby, and that's what this offense is going to be. It's going to be an offense that's constantly on the move where Dak is throwing the ball from. Changing the launch point, quote-unquote, is what matters here. That's a big part of the offense. And then there's another great study about what they used to do at Boise, what Kellen Moore thrived with. Tons of motion, trying to overload the defense on one side, trying to make it look as confusing as possible. A lot of similar concepts that you dress up in different ways. Um, You don't know exactly what's coming because of how much motion and what another team uses. They were the 24th least, uh, 24th ranked in motioning last year, by far below the average. Um, And and we're going to see a ton more of that under Kellen Moore here, a very bright offensive mind. A lot of these guys are also projecting an uptick in rushing from Dak. This guy has been a monster, 18 rushing touchdowns over his three seasons so far, averaging almost five yards per carry in the red zone where the league averages 2.64. Very successful um, in that red zone area, and that's on a minimal of designed runs. This has been an area he's been underutilized. Dak's been the QB 10 or better in all three of his seasons so far. He's being drafted as the QB 23. We talked to Ochoa about why that is a joke. He goes into detail about why Dak is definitely set up for his best season yet. We talk about Zeke. Is he worthy of the number one overall pick? Like I think so. Is his ceiling actually a little lower? Is his floor a little lower? Is there a reason to expect Zeke to not be quite as good in 2019? Get Archoa's take about a player that could maybe sap some of that production from him. Amari Cooper, will he finally find that consistency like he had that second half of the year once traded the Cowboys? Should we see that all season or is he going to go back to his Raiders inconsistent ways? Tons to cover uh, with this, again, Kellen Moore shift I think is going to be huge. We talk Randall Cobb. We talk Michael Gallup. The tight end situation. Is Witten going to be a monster? What other sleepers are there? What is the Cowboys going to do as a season uh, whole? Are they going to win another playoff game? Could they finally make it to that NFC Championship? championship. we got tons of stuff here with our guy at Choa. Uh, but again, check out that Blogging the Boys article. They've got three or four great pieces on Kellen Moore. We're going to be publishing our own very shortly after this interview. Just wanted to get some nuggets from Achoa first, and it is loaded. So tune in, folks. Let me know what you think at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. Would love to hear from you. Here he is. Fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final
And we are thrilled to welcome on Cowboys insider RJ Ochoa for, I believe, the third time now. Covers all things for Dallas Cowboys SB Nation's Blogging the Boys. Hosts the Ocho and Saturday Morning Hangover on ESPN San Antonio at ESPN uh, underscore SA. RJ, how's it going, man? It's going well, man. It's uh, busy times. Uh, summer's here, so it's getting kind of hot in San Antonio. But other than that, uh, everything is going well. Absolutely, dude, and, and it's starting to get hot in the football world, and what uh, uh, we wanted to have you back on at some point anyway, just because you've been a fantastic interview these last two times, but what really piqued our interest is you just recently released a piece on Kellen Moore, uh, and, and I'm very intrigued to learn as much as I can. They have so many intriguing fantasy options here on the Cowboys. You got my number one overall pick, uh, one of my favorite value QBs, a potential number one wide receiver. So let's talk about the guy that could potentially glue this all together and put it all into motion. Kellen Moore, what can we expect? I love what you detailed about Dan Orvlosky's comments. Can you kind of summarize and give our listeners some key points to what you think Kellen Moore is going to be rolling out here in Dallas? Sure. So Dan Orlovsky, uh, the former Detroit Lions quarterback, now ESPN analyst, was on, I believe it was the Mina Kimes podcast. Uh, and he talked about, he obviously uh, shared a, a season with Kellen Moore up in the Motor City and, uh, you know, talked about how Kellen is a really sort of innovative offensive mind. I think a lot of college football fans remember Kellen Moore and what he did at Boise State. He's the all-time winningest quarterback in college football history. Uh, obviously, he played um, all of his eligible seasons there. That does affect um, that stat sometimes in people's eyes. Uh, but Kellen is a guy who believes in movement, who believes in spreading the ball, and who understands, uh, seemingly unlike his predecessor and in some ways mentor, Scott Linehan, that Dak Prescott has the ability to get out of the pocket and the ability to move and the ability to run. Uh, you know, there was a lot of chatter and a lot of discussion that the Cowboys' Week 17 game in New York last season, their big win against the New York Giants, uh, was a meaningless game for the Cowboys as they'd already locked up everything they could for the playoffs. But they played their starters, and uh, Dak Prescott had a career day uh, from a statistical perspective. And there was some chatter that uh, Kellen Moore had a heavier hand in that mm-hmm. offensive game plan, as did Jason Garrett. Doug Nussmeyer, the Cowboys tight ends coach, who was Amari Cooper's offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. And so if, you, um, you know, if you're looking for a piece of data, um, that's really the one. Week 17 against the Giants, Dak had over 400 yards. Uh, he had the great game winner to Cole Beasley. And so he's a guy who I think is finally uh, going to be the one that you know, lets Dak Prescott run a little, which is exciting. Absolutely. I mean, there's tons of stats about how successful Dak's been running in the red zone, uh, running just in general, but especially in the red zone. So if this guy's going to, you know, I think I'm looking at it right now. I believe it's 4.46 yards per carry in the red zone, which the league average is 2.64. He scored uh, 18 touchdowns in the red zone between 2016 and 2018. And that's not with a ton of designed runs either, uh, like what you're saying with Kellen Moore. So tons of upside for Dak, who's going as the quarterback 21. He's finished as the a top 10 guy in all three of his seasons. One of my favorite values. Uh, in terms of the passing game and some options that he he might have, obviously Amari Cooper. Once he got there, everything really started to take off for Dak, for Cooper himself. Uh, but he's been so boom or bust when he was with the Raiders. Is there a chance he finds some consistency here after being the, the seventh highest scoring fantasy uh, wide receiver from week nine on once he joined him? He's on pace for 1,300 uh, yards, 11 scores. Is that something you think he can maintain for a full season? What are you expecting with him and Kellen Moore's offense with Cooper? 
Well, I think what Amari did over the second half of last season was very special, and I think that that's that's you know that's hard to replicate. I mean, you know, uh, it was a really special run. Obviously, he turned the Cowboys season around, and he had some big <clears throat> some big days he had. He had a big Thanksgiving Day game against the Washington Redskins. He had the huge game. Uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, even caught the game winner off the tip pass in overtime. And so, from a statistical perspective, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that you know Amari can or, or will, I should say, reach the the pace that you uh, you know that he he would have had had he played 16 games for the Cowboys last season. But I do think he's certainly a serviceable wide receiver. I mean, he's obviously the focal point of the offense, and the fact that Doug Nussmeyer, who's an Alabama offensive coordinator, is on the staff is a very helpful thing. And I think you know there's a common sense factor of this is the guy that saved us. This is the, the piece of our offense that really moves things. And so I think Amari Cooper is going to be a huge factor. Obviously, Des Bryant was a really uh, prolific fantasy receiver for a long time for the Cowboys. Uh, I think a lot of that is he was pretty touchdown dependent. Uh, Des is the franchise's all-time leader in receiving touchdowns. But Amari does seem like a guy that, you know, I think you can count on for solid, you know, depending on how your scoring is, 13-ish points a game whether that's 70 80 yards and a touchdown maybe he picks up 110 yards and no score he's kind of living in that range and he's a pretty reliable guy I think that's what we're going to see from Kellen Moore absolutely would love to see that because that's been the the one downside with Cooper he has those huge games and then you get nothing and he kills you so mm-hmm. if, if Kellen Moore and, and Cooper can just keep that consistency going it'd go a long way for a guy that's going around three or so right now could really anchor a fantasy passing attack. In terms of other passing game options, we know they brought in Randall Cobb maybe to replace Cole Beasley in the slot there. Uh, what do you expect out of him? Is Michael Gallup, you know, who's behind Cooper, if anyone, could carve out some meaningful fantasy value here? Well, the, the guy I think would probably be Michael Gallup. Uh, you know, Terrence Williams was serviceable, I think, uh, for, for a stretch from a fantasy perspective. And Michael Gallup certainly fills that role, although the offense is different. I mean, Terrence Williams' career with the Cowboys uh, kind of overlapped with Scott Linehan's time running the offense. And so I think Michael Gallup is a guy we saw him have success uh, both before and after Amari Cooper arrived with the Cowboys. In fact, a lot of people believe Michael Gallup's best game was the Cowboys' playoff loss to the Rams. I think he's a guy. I mean, I, I think, you know, um, if, if you're like me on your team, you like to have five or six receivers. I think he's a great sort of fifth or sixth guy uh, to rely on. I don't know that, you know, I would draft Randall Cobb. I don't know because that is such a wild card. Um, you know, the Cowboys have used him out of the backfield up to this point, And so we'll see if that's something that really is uh, part of their offensive game plan. But ultimately, you know, it's hard to justify using Randall Cobb in the backfield when you have a guy like Zeke Elliott. Uh, because that's one less snap for him and one less opportunity for you to do something special. And perfect tra- segue right there because I wanted to get into Zeke Elliott. He's my personal number one overall pick in fantasy. He's been nothing but dominant whenever he's on the field. Uh, led the league in rushing two out of his three seasons, the only two full seasons he's had. Uh, the floor is as firm as can be. And, and last year they seemed to really start tapping into those underrated receiving skills. I loved him as a pass blocker always. And they finally started getting him the ball in the passing game. 77 receptions. Uh, so I think people don't they discredit Zeke's ceiling as well. Uh, do you think it could be even higher than we realized with the OC change, or what are you expecting from Zeke now in his uh, what fourth season here? Uh, yeah, so this is Zeke's fourth season. Um, you know, I think I certainly you know won't knock you for uh, for having him as your number one overall player. He is safe, and I think when you look at from a fantasy perspective, it's hard to know what Le'Veon Bell is going to be. It's hard to know what Todd Gurley is going to be. So you're right. I think he has the safest floor among uh, sort of fantasy premier running backs. But I do think this will be a different season for Zeke Gallia. You know, the Cowboys 
they do have Randall Cobb, who is an option out of the backfield. They drafted Tony Pollard out of Memphis, um, you know, who's a special sort of also gadget dynamic player uh, that they plan on utilizing. You know, Gil Brandt, who was really tapped into the Cowboys, uh, published his rookie projections, I believe, on Wednesday this week. And he had Tony Pollard going for 500 yards. And that is, while I feel ambitious, uh, somewhat of an indication at how much Tony Pollard could be utilized. And I think that Tony Pollard can certainly help the Cowboys have a lot of success in terms of wins and in terms of winning the NFC East and you know competing for a Super Bowl. But if he does have 500 yards, that's 500 less yards for Zeke. And in many ways, that's a good thing for the Cowboys. Zeke has been the pinnacle of health for the Cowboys, certainly in his time. You mentioned he obviously missed time two years ago thanks to the six-game suspension. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, he is uh, somebody who you want to monitor, and he is somebody who you want to keep fresh down the stretch, and he is somebody who, if you can get somebody there to supplement his big carries, I think it's a good idea from a, an overall football perspective. My, my only caution would be the Tony Pollard factor, but I would still roll the dice on that versus a Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell, given those question marks. Yeah, would you take him, do you think, over, let's say, you know, the other guys often weighed up there are Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, especially in your PPR format. Those are kind of, and obviously Saquon Barkley, too, in the, in the division as well. Do you think Zeke, he's still personally for me, I have him up there, but would you, as a Cowboys fan, take him up there, too? I think I would, but I don't think you can go wrong with any of those guys. Uh, obviously, Alvin Kamara is great. Christian McCaffrey, I think everybody's always scared that he's going to get hurt. Uh, I mean, you know, there was that picture that floated around social media this offseason. I think he's great. And again, PPR oh, yeah. formats, he's fantastic. I, I personally am always spooked by Saquon, just given the Eli factor, and just you, you never know how that's going to work out. Although um, my, my cousin took him ahead of me last year, right before um, I picked. I ended up with Leonard Fournette, and I felt like oh. a winner. Uh, and so, uh, it, you know, I, I have kind of turned on Saquon just thanks to that experience. <laughs> That's br- that is a brutal just contrast there. Saquon Barkley just anchoring team championships and Fournette ruining seasons. Apologize for hearing that one already. Uh, but other than that, I'm trying to think of any other real relevant parties. We got Jason Witten coming out of retirement. Uh, and J- you know Blake Jarwin, a guy you kind of told us about last year too, seemed like he was finally kind of becoming a heavy part of this offense by the end. And then Witten comes back. Is there anything that we could rely on as fantasy owners from the tight end position? What do you kind of see happening there? Well, Blake Jarwin, I think, has a lot of talent. The Cowboys certainly believe in him. The uh, the game you know we mentioned in New York in Week 17, he had those three touchdowns, and yeah. I think a lot. You know, maybe you know, daily fantasy had him that day, and it kind of worked out for them. But um, I, I wouldn't. I don't think Blake Jarwin's draftable. You know, given the presence of Jason yeah. Witten uh, on the team this year, and and I think Jason Witten. I mean, the, the position in general from a fantasy perspective is so difficult. Yeah. Uh, I think Jason Witten's a guy who you know, in, in standard formats, you can count on four points a game. I mean, you know, there's all this talk. I guess uh, the relevant information. There's all this talk about. He's, he's come back, and he's not going to be this guy that takes all these snaps. He's just here to kind of be uh, part of the ride, be a leader, et cetera. You know, I know he was not necessarily that great at it, but I just don't think Jason Witten gave up the number one job in many people's eyes uh, in terms of being a color football analyst uh, mm-hmm. to come play 12 snaps a game. I, I just right. I imagine Jason Witten to, uh, to be part of the process, and I think he's uh, going to kind of have his sort of normal role, his 40-ish yards a game. And, uh, you know, he's a safer floor than most, but I think there are definitely uh, way more appealing options out there. 
Absolutely. And I do just want to return to Dak real quick because, uh, again, I think he's maybe the best value quarterback in fantasy right now, uh, falling well beyond rounds 12, uh, 20-something quarterbacks getting picked before him. Uh, and you mentioned one way he could improve under Kellen Moore is the rushing um, being used more in that sense. Is there any other reasons Kellen Moore could continue to unlock Dak Prescott's upside or just any reason we should expect a, a strong performance from Dak here uh, in this season? You know, I think that Dak's going to be a better passer, and I hate to be that broad about it, but that was something Dan Orlovsky talked about is, you know, Kellen is working with Dak in terms of uh, changing up his launch point. I mean, getting him out of the pocket to throw, getting him on the move, even if it's not running, but just on the move and out of the pocket to find different guys. I mean, he's got some receivers that can do some special things and get open. So I do think that we will see Dak Prescott have more success through the air. We've seen him have those types of plays, those really successful ones. Um, and you mentioned it. I mean, if you're thinking about a fantasy quarterback, he's got 18 rushing touchdowns. He's had six in each of his last three seasons. There's only three seasons. Uh, and, and those aren't you know, your you know standard uh, goal line on the one-yard line jump and just push it over the goal line. Those are running it in. As you mentioned, 4.6 yards uh, per carry in the red zone. Those are legitimate you know sort of QB keeper plays or broken plays that he turns into something special. Um, I think overall, Dex is going to be a far more reliable option in 2019. Absolutely. I'm going to keep drafting that guy, uh, and then this is only making me more confident than him. So a couple of predictions out of you here. The the Cowboys last year were in the bottom half of the league in scoring, right around I think 11 with 339 points. Um, do you see how big of a leap do you think they could make under Kellen Moore? You know, I mean, um, I think they're good for, you know, 17 to 20 points a game right now. That's kind mm-hmm. of where I feel. Uh, and that's kind of where they were last season, and that's really not a lot in 2019. I get that. But, you know, as much hype and as much optimism as, as there is in Kellen Moore, the reality is we, we're talking about a guy that, you know, two years ago was behind Dak Prescott on the Cowboys mm-hmm. depth chart that got beat out by Cooper Rush, uh, who's now fighting for the Cowboys' backup quarterback job himself. And so, I mean, you know, th- there is a lot of reason to convince yourself that Kellen is going to be this great guy, but he's still really young. He's still a kid. I mean, this is only his second year serving as a coach in general. And so, I mean, while there is the one possibility that he's going to come in and just be this bright mind that changes the way offenses work in the NFL, there is also the possibility that he's going to be terrible. Yeah. I mean, he did learn at the foot of Scott Linehan, who he is replacing. Um, and, and and so overall, I think the Cowboys, you know, I think, you know, people are always hesitant to trust them from a fantasy perspective or at least have been over the last year they're a team that wants to play defense and wants to run the ball and end the game that way they're not a team that's in the business or they haven't been recently uh beating you 40 to 36 you know and so if you're looking for points i mean you're you're safer honestly looking for a team or or mining from a team like new orleans like kansas city like Mm -hmm. the rams because those are guys you can trust their offenses to throw the ball more and until we see it it's hard to trust with the cowboys Gotcha. And then just in a general season perspective, where do you see the Cowboys finishing in terms of a record, in terms of the division? And by the end of it all, what's the Cowboys situation in 2019? You know, I think they'll compete for the NFC East. Uh, I think that people are maybe a little too optimistic. I I think in a weird way, people are too optimistic and the Cowboys are slept on in in so many ways. Mm -hmm. They did win 10 games last season, but, you know, they beat Atlanta on a last second field goal. They beat Detroit on a last second field goal. There was that tip ball that Amari Cooper caught against the Eagles that ended up being a win. So there's three wins that if, 
you know, a, an act of God, a strong wind happens, you know, you're talking they go the other way. And so you go from a 10 and 6 team to a 7 and 9 team. And so you're kind of jump roping that fine line. I do think that this is a team that, you know, is capable of 9 to 11 wins, uh, just depending on the breaks of the game. You know, the breaks of the game happen a lot of times. And over the second half of the season, the Cowboys caught a lot of those breaks. And so ultimately, I do think they'll be in the thick of things when it comes to the NFC East. They do benefit from the fact that the Giants are such a mess, that the Redskins kind of don't know what they're doing at the moment. They are, uh, at the very least, uh, maybe potentially getting things going in the right direction. And I think the Eagles are such a big question mark. You, we have no idea what Carson Wentz is going to be like. Can he stay healthy the entire season? So I think a division title is uh, is a fair floor, but ultimately, can they make it to the NFC Championship game? I mean, they did grind that win out against the Seahawks, and they deserve all the credit in the world for that, but they did lose to the Rams. Can they get back there? Can they beat the Rams? Can they beat the Saints in the Superdome? Things like that. It's really uh, you know, a questionable situation. Teams tend to evolve over the course of the season. Maybe the Cowboys will be that kind of squad, but right now, I think 9-11 to wins, a playoff win, and then after that, uh, we'll have to cross our fingers. Awesome. Well, RJ, thanks so much for coming on and joining us. You want to just give our listeners one last reminder where they can find you, where they can connect? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. You can uh, find all our Cowboys stuff at bloggingtheboys.com. Uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff with ESPN San Antonio as well. And then uh, right here, hanging out with you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks again, my man. Maybe we'll catch up a little bit later in the summer as we see how this offense is evolving in camp and whatnot. Really appreciate the time, though. Sounds good, man. Anytime. All right. And there you have it, folks. Again, RJ Achoa at RJ Achoa on Twitter of the Blogging Boys. A fantastic take, as always. Thanks so much for joining the fullback dive here, RJ. And if you want more of these inside on the fantasy beat type of interviews, we're going to be doing them all off season plus all our standalones that you've come to know and love. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button to get our pulverizing lead blocks all this entire offseason and in season make sure you smash that subscribe button make sure you give us a review we'd love to hear from you what your thoughts are on the podcast what we can do better what you enjoy and you want to hear more all that stuff it means the world to us to hear from you and of course bookmark rotostreetjournal.com for all your fantasy football needs this entire offseason tons of writing tons of videos we're on all your socials roto street journal on instagram and facebook roto st journal on twitter you gotta hit us up we're gonna get you that 2019 title folks we used to have it all but now's our curtain call so hold for the applause oh, 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 oh. and wave out to the crowd and take our final bow oh it's our time to go but at least we stole the show at least we stole the show at least we stole the show we stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second down. Third down. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.